Hello there. Presented by the Atlas Strength Shop. This is the Atlas Nerds in Iron podcast. What is happening, everybody? This is Cameron with the Atlas Nerds in Iron podcast. And they, me and Matt, talk about Alabama's Strongest Man, which is happening next weekend for us. And we also talk about some of the recent trailers that have dropped from both Marvel and Star Wars. Y'all enjoy the show. First and foremost, we have StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned energy supplement company. They come in these little pouches similar to Crystal Light pouches that you can put in whatever you are drinking to give yourself a nice little hit of caffeine. I personally love taking these in the afternoon right before I train because I'm not a big fan of beta alanine, and they give me just enough energy to get through my workout without leaving me with a big crash afterwards. They come in four awesome flavors, original, which tastes a lot like Red Bull, grape, orange, and lemon. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout, and you're going to save 20% on your next order. Next up, we have ImpactMouthGuards.com. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout at ImpactMouthGuards.com, and you're going to get you a dentist office quality product without the dentist office quality price. What they're going to do is they're going to send you a custom mold. You're going to bite down on it, send it back to them. And in a couple of weeks, you're going to have a mouth guard that fits you and only you. Give you something really good to bite down on during those max effort events. They also have awesome athletic tapes, some really cool apparel, and a lot of other products as well. So again, use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. Save 10% at impactmouthguards.com. Next up, we have our newest sponsor, Sticks and Stone. Sticks and Stone got their start during the pandemic whenever iron plates were going for 3 $4 a pound. And what they do is they make molds that will allow you to make weight plates out of concrete that will fit your Olympic-sized barbell. We actually discovered them on TikTok because they are now making custom Husafel stones that come in 210, 310, and 409 weights. And we just got a full set of them for Louisiana's Strongest Man next year. They're also going to be here at the third annual Rougarou Classic, November 19th. So go ahead and place an order that will bring it down and you can get you a custom set of stones as well. And last but not least, we have the Atlas Strength Shop. That is us. That is who we are. We are the center for strength sports in the state of Louisiana with everything from strongman to powerlifting to general strength and conditioning. If you're in the Baton Rouge area, definitely come and see us. The best time to visit us is on Strongman Saturdays every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not in the Baton Rouge area and you still want to support us, then the best thing for you to do is to go to the website at atlasstrengthshop.com and check out our apparel line. If you use promo code ATLASNERDS10 at checkout, you're going to save 10% on that apparel line. Now let's get to the show. Good evening. Welcome to the Atlas Nerds and Iron Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Ray. This is our beautiful co-host, Mr. Matthew Cavalier. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I could be better. Uh, so we just we just lost a significant portion. I hit the record button, but I guess it didn't register my finger. Um, so yeah, I mean we've probably been talking what five ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, we could do a quick recap of the yeah. audio listeners. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that's all we have our audio listeners now because uh, we aren't doing a video version. We're we're live, but true. Yeah, we're not we're not saving this video for any purposes other than maybe TikToks, Instagram Reels, anything like that. Right. Uh, so just quick recap, Matt was talking about Strongman Saturday, how well it went. Um, it did go well. Uh, there were like 11, 12 people. He took a, took a triple at 425, then did a bunch of car deadlifts, and I helped with a local circus show. Uh, House of Faye, they had two showings yesterday. I spent the entire time hoisting people into the air. It was a long, long Friday and Saturday. I'm glad that's finally over. I don't know if I'm going to help him with another full-scale production like that. I mean, I did, that is a lot of work. Uh, it wasn't just the Friday and Saturday that were like 15-hour-long days, mm-hmm. but it's also the 7 a.m. practices every Saturday right. for like the last two, three months. And you're really not a morning person. I'm not, and that's also prime time for us to like get together and film YouTube content and stuff like that. Right. So we're missing out on a lot of opportunities. However, I did get something cool out of it. What's that? And I'm, I'm going to show it to you after all this. Okay. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to reveal it on the podcast because I, I don't want to really take the time to describe them, to describe this for audio listeners. But if you're curious what it is, go check the Instagram because I will be posting those shortly. And uh, all I did talked about pretty much winding down with training. Had one last heavy day yesterday with deadlifts and the car deadlifts. Messed around with sandbags some. Um, then I went 
to breakfast with my little girl and wife and watched her shove her food with Cracker Barrel breakfast items and found her a new favorite toy. And here we are. Yep. Realistically, who knows if our listeners even liked hearing us catch up over the last week. Yeah, well, so, they can suffer through it. Yeah, we, we might have just uh, we might just did a couple of them a favor. Who knows? But we are recording now two and a half minutes into the podcast. Uh, so we... We go ahead. We were talking about Alabama. Uh, right. You're heading up there Thursday. I'm head up there Friday. Right. You said you're gonna hit the 9 a.m. weigh-ins early. Uh, that way you can actually eat. You said you had to cut about three, four pounds. Yeah, I of just want to cut weight. some water weight. Yep. Just and I want to do the early weigh-in because I just I just don't want to be miserable all day Friday. Definitely not. Uh, cause, and I know I can't like just indulge myself and just go out and just shove food down my throat until I can't move. No, you can. Well, you know what I mean. No, like it, it'll it'll be fine. You'll digest it. <laughs> it's the al- it's alcohol. You oh, stay I'm away not from. drinking on Friday. Yeah. I'm not drinking on Friday. Um, I won't touch a drink until after mm-hmm. we finish competing. But I just want to be able to just like just eat food, drink Powerade and water and all that good shit. And I want to go to the beach for a few hours with Vivian. Mm-hmm. Just want to be able to enjoy Friday and then Saturday let it all out. Has Vivian ever seen the beach before? No. Nope. Oh, that'll be exciting. Yeah, this is her first beach trip. Yeah. Yeah, so we're real excited for that. I wonder if she's going to be scared of it. Uh, some babies are, but she has been very... She's responded well to just about every new stimulus. Okay. So I don't see why she would be scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll like the water because she likes being in the pool, and she likes bath time. Yeah. Um, the sand might irritate her, but, I mean, that's easy. Just don't put her in the sand. Yeah. So it'll be a fun day. I, I know ocean water is a little bit different than pool water, though, because it moves and hits you. Well, what we're going to do, I mean, we're not going to take her out into the water. Mm-hmm. Like, for two reasons. One, I'm not comfortable with it yet. I, I don't know how babies work. Um, right, so please explain. Well, it's just, you know, you have things like rip current and all these things. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with going in deep water with her just yet. Mm-hmm. So, basically, knee deep water with her so I can sit down with her and hold her while she splashes around. Yeah. And we'll probably have a couple of things that float nearby. Just let her splash around, let her play around. Yeah. And just, just let her be in the water. But, like, I know some people, like, go out in the water. With do that. It's like, some people do. That makes me nervous as shit. I'll bet. Yeah. Like, I'll go out there, but not with something that can't swim that relies on me for existing. Right. Like, it's a little different. Like, rip current and things like that would a little baby scare the fuck out of me. Yeah. So, no. Like, it'll suck the baby under and you'll never see it again. Right. Like, that's why, like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good plan. <laughs> you know, that and you have to worry about sharks. Yeah, that too. There are sharks in the Gulf. Um, And shark attacks have been up recently. Significantly. Defined like, significantly. Like. Because I haven't heard this. Noticeably. Like, it's, it's kind of a problem. Okay. Um, Not so much in the gulf more along the east coast mm-hmm. uh but there are sharks in the gulf so it's something to pay attention to yeah um, yeah no the gulf has bull sharks yeah. i mean hell pontchartrain and the mississippi have bull sharks yeah because they're uh they, they can survive in brackish water yeah there have been reports actually years ago my grandfather would tell the story because he used to work up and down the mississippi river there was a mysterious string of deaths along the mississippi river like up in ohio or something like that hmm. could not figure out what it was until one day someone, like, found out that it was a bull shark in the Mississippi River that was killing these kids during the summer. It swam all the way up, up into, like, the Ohio area because it could survive in fresh water, and it was killing people. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking nuts. That's crazy. Bang. Imagine me and a shark and winding up in the Mississippi and just not knowing how to get back. Well, still had a food source. Yeah. Like, well, I guess I'll just eat these kids. Yeah. Yeah, the shark said, "Fuck them kids, fuck them kids." But yeah, I mean, like you, you make a if you're if you're an animal that survives primarily in the ocean, you make a few wrong turns coming up the Mississippi and all of its tributaries. Mm-hmm. It's like a maze. Oh yeah, like you're gonna find your way back. Good thing he found himself in Ohio, not Louisiana. He'd have been somebody's lunch. Yeah, right. Yeah, some cool ass play. Oh, I'll eat that. Yeah, bring that in. I wonder what shark tastes like. That's good. Okay, you mm-hmm. bad shark. Yeah. Okay. They're the, uh, you ever heard of the Shrimp Petroleum Festival? Yes. In Morgan City? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, a booth that sells uh, fried shark. Okay. It's actually shark on a stick. You have a pizza fried shark. Like a little baby shark with a skewer through it? Something like that. All right. It's good. Tasty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might try it sometime. So you, you sent me a text message 
I think it was either late last night or early this morning that some of the events had changed for Alabama. Just like slight oh, changes um, in events. Yeah, there's a slight change to the which we can get to that because we can run through the events real quick. Well, I mean, we we've done that on right. podcasts already. So do the we want to go through every single one again? Well, the only thing they did was they actually solidified the order. Which okay. Is, um, event one is sandbag clean and press, which I'm fine with because that's going to be the hardest one to do for reps. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to get that done when I'm fresh. Then card deadlift, I don't really care where you put that one because that's kind of my strongest event. Yeah. So I'll do well with that no matter what, or at least relatively well. Event three, sandbag over bar. I think that by far is going to be my worst event because of the height. Yeah. It's 54 inches, and I am like a total of 62 inches fucking tall. So no, you're not. I don't know how tall I am. Or, yeah. I'm 68 inches. You're 68 inches. I'm 68 inches, and I got to move something that's 54 in, up to 54 inches. Can you shoulder it? Um, I can, but it just takes too much time. Okay. So the fastest thing for me to do is just, just fucking lean it up on the yoke and throw it over. Yeah. Um, If I get two reps, I'll be happy. Because mm-hmm. uh, one takes so long. Uh, Yoke squat, whatever. Um, if I can go there and do 350, 370, I'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh. But who knows how I'll do. And then the last one, because you saved the best for last, asshole, is our yoke run to log, clean, and jerk. Uh, it's, it's really weird that he ordered it this way. Because usually event three would be event five. Like the loading event yeah. is usually a last event. Yeah, I, I, always, I would think that the yoke run to log press would be first or second. Yeah, first or second. Just because uh, it's going to take out press. S- yeah, so much energy. Yeah. Um, so, it, oh, the, the, chain, the change is the yoke run to log. So mm-hmm. what the rules were all this time was it was a 25-foot down and back, down and back yoke run to the log. Mm-hmm. He reduced it to 20 feet down and back. Okay. But when you finish... The yoke, the yoke run, you're on the opposite end. So like Weird. when you when you start, you go to the log, and when you come back, you go 20 feet away from the log, and then you got to run the 20 feet back to the log again. That is weird. That's. I'm kind of okay with it. It helps guys like you. Yeah. But like. I'm kind of okay with it because that 20 feet gives me a second to recover from the yoke run. I mean, no, it doesn't because you got to run. That's where you're going to make your time up. Maybe. The, I don't know. I just don't see you getting more than two reps on the press anyway. Yeah. Because uh, I'm probably already going to be tired by the time I get to it. Mm-hmm. So if I can bang out two reps on that, on the log on the log press, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't realize, though, is those transition periods. Mm-hmm. That can be the difference between first place and fifth place. Right. Just those transition periods. I'll just sprint. I'll just sprint it then, give myself a second to catch it, and then send it yeah it'll be the last thing i gotta do for today so whatever i get i get yep now i'm wondering if chris moved the yoke squat so late in the day because he knew that that was going to wind up hurting people so he didn't want to whittle away 20 percent of his athletes at the very beginning of the day maybe that might be a good idea anyway because when we get to that point people are going to start taking conservative approaches mm-hmm. um I just don't think people are going to be able to squat as heavy as they think they will. I think a lot of people have been training it way too high, just watching some of the videos on social media and even seeing some of the stuff in this gym. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have been training it way too high, and they're going to get there and have a wake-up call. From what I can tell, I've been... Mr. Preston has told me I've been training it too low, which I don't know if that's true, but if I am, good, because... Mm -hmm. I don't want to train too high. I don't. I, if I if I was training it lower than I need, than I needed to be, fine, great, I'll take yeah. that. Um, like I said, if I can hit three fifty on that, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take that win. Anything anything above three fifty in my in my book is going to be line job. Yeah. I don't think you're training it too low. Huh? I I really don't think you're training it too low. I don't think so either. I think it's where it should be. Yeah. Um. Because it's below parallel, and that's where he's going to set the height for. Right. A lot of people have just been sitting on boxes that are below parallel. By the time there's any weight on weight on their back and tension in their body, mm-hmm. they're in a deadlift position. But the way he set, the way Chris described the rules is, once he says go, 
You can kind of manipulate however you see fit. Yeah. So all you need is that go call. So once he says go, you can do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I, I think people are going to get overzealous with that event. Definitely. Um, I think that's going to hurt. Not not necessarily hurt as in cause injury, but it's going to hurt their standings because they're going to make attempts that they can't actually do. Well, we've had two injuries happen within this gym just training for the event. Almost three. I don't know the third one. So both Colt and Jules hurt themselves. Yeah, that training I Training for it. And Daryl, when he was when he was training for it before he dropped out, when he went to go set it down, I think the back end hit first mm-hmm. and launched him forward and almost cracked him in the skull. Oh shit. So I haven't had any problems training it. Um, even when I when even when I pushed it, even when I trained to a point where I was hitting failure. I didn't have any problems. You were also never really training for reps either. No, everything I did was just pushing weight. Yeah. Because it's a max effort. And because of the setup and the way that you can't really build stability before you squat down, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not going to try to do this for reps. I just felt like that was stupid and a waste of energy. There have been a lot of people that have been training this event for reps. What I did like they've was... they've been treating it as their primary squat almost. What I did was to train the strength aspect, I just did the SSV. Mm-hmm. I trained that heavy for, for, you know, progressively going from volume to heavy weight. Yeah. Because one, it got me stronger in general. And because of it, also because it's an SSB, it put more strain on your upper back. So which when I went to train a yoke squat, I was already used to having to keep that upper back tight. Mm-hmm. So when I was in that bottom position, already trying to get tight, I was already in the mindset of, you know, flex your upper back, get tight. You know, the way I would have approached this in my training was I just have my normal squat as I would, you know, just normally, but essentially put it in the same way you would like a pin squat or Mm -hmm. something like that, where like, let's say after your deadlift day, you work that as accessories and you just work heavy singles in like the 85% range. I could have done that. Um, But going into this show, I thought. That the biggest thing that I could have done for myself, which I think I accomplished, was just across the board, just get stronger. Yeah, you have. Which, and I think I did. Especially your log. Right. Like, your log has skyrocketed. Yeah, I went, last year, my log was struggling with 185. Now, I can rep 225. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what I can do after the next five days of rest and recovery. Yep. So, the plan for this week is tomorrow, come in. I'm going, I'm not going to put any weight on the yoke. I just want to practice the movement mm-hmm. on an empty yoke, on the yoke squat, and be done with it. Do a little bit of sandbag work, just to, again, just to practice the movement, and then be done with it. I might, since now you know how they're going to set up the uh, set up the yoke run, mm-hmm. with an empty yoke, empty uh, log. Do a few runs. Yeah, do a few runs just that way, just so you can get used to that muscle memory. That makes sense. I and, could do that too. Yeah, and you can see, you can see if that run's going to gas you. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a six hundred pound yoke to a two two forty five log, so I'm going to gas. Yeah, um, but you know, snort a little ammonia and be all right. Do you still have to breathe, or do you are you still able to do the uh, yoke without breathing? Yeah, cool. That has not been a problem for me. You've also lost ten feet of yoke, which is twenty five percent. Yeah, which is significant. Yeah. Um, because that twenty five feet sometimes really felt long. Yep. Like especially when you when I got to that like five eighty five eighty five, like I could do it and it moved well. Yeah. But like after the fourth or so sets, like shit, this is starting to feel long. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. really, man, at this point expectation is neutral. Just execute. That's all you can do. I know how to do the movements. I practice them all. My I'm not going with an overinflated ego, but I'm not going in there unconfident that I don't know what I'm doing. So we're just going to do the best I can and execute the technique. That's it. You're definitely in better shape for all this than you were last year, for sure. Mm-hmm. I just hope I did. I am he- about 20 pounds heavier this year than I was last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think my conditioning is worse because I've trained so much damn volume in the beginning of this training because mm-hmm. I was doing like sets of 15 to 25 or whatever the hell they were. Um, so I think my conditioning is there. 
And I thought about hopping on the assault bike this week just for general movement, just for exercise, yeah. just get the blood flow. Any Anything that's like above a seven, 70% intensity mm-hmm. or anything that's below a 70% intensity and it's cardio will help, will help you recover. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, hop on the assault bike for 10 minutes, get a sweat, work on my mobility. There's a few things that have been kind of bothering me that I want to work out. I use Tyler's assault. Uh, not assault, why did I say assault gun? Um, what do they call them? The the Theragun. Like he had a little thirty dollars oh, copy that he bought I have at one, Walmart. Yeah. yeah, I have one. Those things are amazing. My wife bought me one as a Christmas present, a birthday present last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna have that with me. He uh he has one. He got it from Walmart. It was like thirty bucks. It can be in a gun configuration, or you can press a little button on it and put it as like straight up and down. Nice. But yeah, I, I dug into my uh to my um my right tra- or my left trap has been bothering me lately felt great i'm gonna use this opportunity uh my right knee has been bothering me my back feels great i haven't had any issues with my back but my right knee has been bothering me and that's really it mm-hmm. the right knee is the only thing that's been bothering me but i've been using that uh the cbd icy hot mm-hmm. like their version of the icy hot I've been putting that on in the morning and evening. That that really helps. I can clear that up pretty much like that. Nice. So, after Alabama, what's next on the goal for you as far as uh, your fitness, strength, competition goals? I'm doing bad on the bayou. I signed up, so that's a hard that's a hard goal now. It's hard mm-hmm. set. Um, but I am starting to think long terms mm-hmm. in terms of competition. So doing this this Alabama. I want to try to win it. I'm not delusional, but the mindset is go to try to win. You compete to win. Try to fucking win. Talking about next Saturday or just right. in general? Like to go to, but going into battle on the bayou, I want to do well, but I'm also thinking long term. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to compete for the experience because I need more competitive experience. But I do have some physical changes that I'd like to make, Yeah, which is drop some body fat and put on some better muscle mass. So I'm going to try to do that too. I've been looking at different nutrition approaches that i'm going to try mm-hmm. if it works great if not you know, well i know it doesn't work still using carbon yeah i'm using it in a way not to so much tell me how to eat but help me track yeah because it figures out my macros for me mm-hmm. and i don't have to sit there and try to calculate all that shit that i don't know how to do yeah so that's what i'm using carbon for cool cool it took another 200 calories off of me that's so brutal now i'm at 2085 calories a day I'm surprised it's taking it off so fast. Like, I thought it would be a bit more of a gradual takeaway. Just because I, I know about at what point it's going to stall. It's going to even out mm-hmm. because I don't shed anything until I'm around 1,800. That's just what it's always been. That's a lot. of. That's a lot. Everything stays static until I hit about 1,800. That's crazy. And you're eating enough protein? Yes. Okay. Did that from what I understand from everybody that has any knowledge of nutrition, if your calories if you hit your caloric and your your protein goals, then your carbs and fats can kind of just be as they fall. Yeah, kind of. Um I can definitely put more into my workouts mm-hmm. when my when my carbs are a little bit higher in re- in comparison to my fats. Right. I, I definitely notice that. Especially on my assistance work when I'm just kind of chasing that pump. The more carbs I've had that day, the better my pump feels. Mm-hmm. As soon as I feel carb depleted, the pump goes away. What I want to do going into uh, Battle on the Bayou is I want to do a low fat. I want to try low fat because every like competitive guy that says, like, despite what the science says, despite what all these people say, it's like when I have gone low fat and gone through a caloric deficit, I was able to lose weight and get stronger at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Alexander Bromley says that, and I like to think he knows what he's talking about. Um, I've seen a couple other guys say that. I'm like, and if it works for them, then why? You just have to make sure your fats don't go so low that there's no vitamin absorption happening. No, I'm going to have some fats, but yeah. the bulk of the calories are going to be from protein and, and carbs. Yeah. Um, so more rice and potatoes for me. Mm-hmm. And leaner beefs, a little bit leaner beefs, but I'll still get fats in through like, because I'll use cooking oil and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, have a nut every now and then. Heh. Heh. Yep, can't really kick Cajun out of you. Hey, man. Speaking of which, before you go all head over heels into that, uh huh, we got to figure out this 
smoke pulled pork macaroni and cheese situation. Oh, I'm, I'm good for a cheat day every now and then. Yeah, like, like we'll, we'll have to figure that out before uh, before things just go nuts. So if anybody wants to know what that is, I found this thing on TikTok because I'm also a fat ass at heart. This guy smoked a pork shoulder and then made a homemade mac and cheese and then kind of did this blend. No, he just dumped it right in there. Yeah. He just shredded to pull up the, the smoked pork and just right into the mac and cheese. Which, to me, that's the only way you eat pulled pork. Mm. Like, you have to have mac and cheese and you have to mix them together. And then I sent that to Cameron. And then, like, almost immediately, he's like, fuck this diet. When are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, picture this. Picture this. What if we made garlic bread... About that thick mm-hmm. and about two foot around. And just smeared it on there like a just, pizza? Just smeared it on there like a pizza. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we put we, we barbecue sauce. <laughs> mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. And then pulled pork on top. Pulled pork. And just slice it up. Yeah. Oh, God. We're going to need a day. Doesn't that sound incredible? <laughs> We're going to need a day. That though, sounds like uh, I'm napping in the middle of your yard. <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can do that. I'm about it. Especially when it starts getting a little cooler. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's wait till it gets a little cooler. That way I don't mind being outside and with a fucking smoker all day. Yeah, right. Because it's been brutally hot this year. And yeah. Be- because of that, I haven't grilled once. Damn you, been... Ma- Damn you, Al Gore. Yeah, fucking Al Gore. What's he doing these days? Uh, He's in the woods dressed as man bear pig. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Taking credit for creating the internet again? Yep. Okay, that guy. Yeah. I really don't know what Al Gore does these days. I don't know. He's probably on... Epstein's Island or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Jamie, can you Google that? No. Oh, fuck. Where's Jamie? God damn it. He's always playing around with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll have a Jamie, but mm-hmm. today is not that day. Nope. Not in the budget. Uh, we have a budget? It's a small one, but it's there. No, we don't have a budget. <laughs> we don't. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'll just see something that I think makes this a little bit easier, and I'll buy it. <laughs> Like those headphones we haven't even plugged in. That's I've, true. I've used them once for a uh, for a Google Meet call. Mm-hmm. Just um, like set some stuff up. That's the only time I've ever used them. Right. Yeah. Uh, we need to figure out how to get some call-in guests. Because I still like just don't really know how to set all that up. Uh, in a good way, because the pro- in a good way that also allows us to record the conversation on an iPad. Right. So right now, that's what we got. We got the iPad. So that might be something that has to wait until we have a MacBook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We can get a you can get a refurb MacBook at a decent price. Uh, I'm waiting for this to get paid off first. Oh, okay. before uh, before I look into getting this MacBook. Yeah, I told Heather I want to give me an iPad, so we're gonna look into getting me one. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm starting to try to dabble a little bit more into content creation. Okay. Just because, why not? Uh, I feel like an iPad would be easier. Now I don't have to do everything from my phone. That's what I do everything on my iPad. Yeah. But the problem is all the editing stuff still costs money as well. Right. Like LumaFusion is the uh, editing software that I use for the YouTube videos. That costs about 20 bucks. A uh, month or just? In general. Yeah. Okay. It's just like buying any other computer program. Um Procreate, that's the uh, that's the like the drawing app that I use for all of our graphics, the thumbnails, right. and just everything that we do. Uh, that was like twenty bucks. The Apple Pencil is like a hundred. I so, want to get one of those too. Oh, they're great. So the iPad was like twelve hundred dollars. Well, you're probably not going to get the same iPad that I did. No. Yeah, this was the uh, this was the iPad the the biggest iPad Pro with the one terabyte hard drive. Oh, wow. That's a big hard drive. Yeah, it's a big hard drive. Uh, the keyboard is from Apple. That was about 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then the pencil was 100 bucks, And then the AirPods are like 100 bucks. So I probably wouldn't get the keyboard. Actually, I wouldn't get the keyboard because I don't need it. Um, I don't have to buy the AirPod because I can just Bluetooth that straight into my hearing aids. Yep. I would spend 100 bucks on a pencil, though. So the keypad is a lot more useful than you might think it is. Really? Yes. Um, the, like, because I use it, it's it's a complete computer mm-hmm. for me. Um, I, I do everything that I need to for the business on this iPad. Like, it's it's worth it. I have a I have a laptop at home that I got. It was recommended to me by my brother, who's a lot more smarter than me when it comes to tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do I do all my like all my articles and stuff. I just have I just use Google. All yeah. my all my stuff is on Google. Um, just use that because it's mm-hmm. free. You don't have to pay for it, and it's easy enough to use. Yeah, 
and it allows you to download and save any kind of file you want. So. That's great. Yeah. But um, I don't know if I'll still feel the same way about the Magic Keyboard whenever – that's what they call it, the Magic Keyboard mm-hmm. – uh, whenever I get a MacBook. You'll probably but. prefer the MacBook. It just feels more – laptop just feels more natural. Just I mean, yes and no, just because I like how small and portable this is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, keep me use it. Keep it, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, another cool thing. If I get a MacBook, I can actually use something called Sidecar – to have this be a second de- uh, a second screen. screen, yeah, but it's a screen that I can like work stuff with the like it's a second screen that's also a touch screen that involves the the pencil and yeah all that cool stuff. And you can use them to back each other up. Yeah, so because like right now what I do is I have a little stand and I set my iPhone in it, mm-hmm. so like all of my client notes are on my iPhone while I'm doing my programming stuff on my on my iPad. Right. Cool, cool. But yeah, this thing's powerful. It's powerful enough to run a YouTube channel. It's powerful enough to run this podcast. Powerful enough to run the business. Does it all. Crazy what we can do now with something so small. Right? Like, I literally can sit in the passenger seat on a road trip and run this place. That's crazy. Yeah. Just think 20 years ago, you needed a staff. Yeah. Now you just do everything from a little tablet. Yep. <laughs> and worse comes to worse, I can do it with my phone. Right. Uh, we got this at the same time we moved into this location. Right. Because I figured, hey, we're going to try to do a lot more when it comes to content. I want a little something a little more powerful. For that, everything was on my phone. Right. Like everything. We even did a lot of the YouTube stuff on my phone. True. Uh, like we had a YouTube channel for years. Granted, it was a lot harder to do. But I used an app called Splice and did all the editing on that. But then somebody bought Splice and I got screwed. And now a lot of my stuff is demonetized. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Splice was owned by GoPro. Right. And all the music that you could use in the uh, Splice app that just came with it, had its own library, was royalty free. But now since they bought it. Somebody bought it and put royalties behind everything, so. Demonetize all your shit. Yep. So, so like, we have a video on YouTube. It was a, um, it was a review of the Titan Leg Press Hack Squat that we used to have. Mm -hmm. It got, like, 50,000 views. And it's got a copyright claim on it mm. because we use the music from the Splice app. That sucks. Yeah. Pisses me off. But it is what it is. We're uh, we're slowly rebuilding all that. We've been putting out three videos a week, which is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because this place is never empty anymore. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have, but you still do want to try to get some content. Yeah. Um, I can tell you when it is empty, but you don't want to be here that early. <laughs> uh, it's not that I don't want to be here that early. It's, um, it's not empty because you're here. True. That's the only time I have to train. Yeah. Like, you're you're here at 5. Um, what time do you leave? Mm, generally around 7, right at 7. 7 to 8.30 seems to be the window. Somebody gets here at 8.30 almost every day religiously. That's true. When I leave, there's yeah. never anyone coming in. They train until about 11.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a little bit of a window unless Daniel shows up. Right. Then we have people in here from about 3.30 to 9.30 at night. Right. Right. Yeah. Obviously, the afternoon's your biggest crowd. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, not necessarily. We, the, uh, we've started having, like, a good, like, 9 to, like, a 9 to noon crew. That's good. Of, like, like, six or seven powerlifters that all come in at the same time. Powerlifters seem to be coming in pretty good. Yep. But it also doesn't hurt. You have a couple of guys here that are pretty fucking good, so... Uh, well, like they don't train with Botsy, but still, yeah, like um, you know, they still come in. It's Jordan, Jarvez, Devin, um, Leah's with them sometimes. Jules is with them sometimes, uh, and a couple other guys. Botsy kind of just trains by himself, doesn't he? It? He does. He trains by himself, or he'll link up with Umer. Thing is, Botsy kind of in a league of his own. Yeah, like I don't know a lot of people who can really keep up and push Botsy, like. At least all the way around. He also doesn't really need to be pushed. Like, most of his training is so technical mm-hmm. that it's almost impossible to peer pressure him to go on for something he didn't initially intend to go for. Right. Like, it's all very dialed in, very technical. He I mean, knows. Can he, can he get stronger? I mean, like, how much stronger can he get? I mean, this dude yeah, he putting up stupid numbers. He can get stronger. Whew. But I think uh, I think he also wants to just get leaner right now, too. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to get back into that, uh, to where he can just reliably be in like that. Uh, 
think he said he wanted to try to get back into like the the two twenties at some point. Right. Yeah. He is a little bit heavier than he normally is. I remember back well, in the day. When you say normally is, he's going through the same thing that you're going through right now where he's yeah. putting on that dad weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Vivian popped out and all of a sudden, you know, you had to you had to be warmer. Mm-hmm. So you keep a newborn warm. Oh, she's warm. Don't worry about yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I don't have that problem. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to be on an 1,800-calorie uh, diet in order to lose a pound. Well, what, I, what, what happened to me was... For the longest time, I was trying to cut weight, cut weight, cut weight, cut weight, and I did. Mm-hmm. But I had got down to 199 at one point. Same. Like, it was right before I, COVID. Yeah, when I first joined this place, I was right down like 199, 200. Then I just got tired of, of tired of trying to force the deficit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to put some calories back in. And I'm just going to get stronger. So I think... Mine is a combination of a little bit more body fat, but also I got more muscle mass on me. You're a hell of a lot stronger than you were when we met. Especially my posterior chain, because I banged out rows and low back extension and hamstring curls and face pulls until I'm bleeding through my freaking pores. Mm -hmm. So, and my shoulders are stronger too, because I've been doing overhead press until there was nothing left to press. But yeah, but now I want to cut back again and then reverse diet again and you know get in better shape but actually track your reverse diet a little bit better this yeah i'm gonna actually track it this time this this go around i just kind of went fuck it and just kind of went by feeling Mm -hmm. and just ate when i was hungry i didn't go overboard yeah i didn't eat like three pints of ice cream every day but it's like if i'm hungry i'm gonna eat yeah tracking just gets exhausting because it because it just mentally wears you out yeah because like it's like okay i gotta weigh this chicken See how much it weighs, and then oh wait, I had some ketchup. Got to weigh the fucking ketchup, and blah 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 blah. But now I'm back a little bit more into mindset. I just straight up don't do condiments. The thing is, if you're trying to cut, you you have to. No, I just don't do condiments. Oh, you just don't put it at all. Yeah, okay. I, I'm just it's too much work. I'm not going to worry about it. But what I did figure out is barbecue sauce, at least Sweet Baby Ray's, is a great source of carbs with zero fat. So what I will do in order for me to get around having to track it, I've noticed that if I toss stuff in it before I cook it, mm-hmm. it one cooks a lot of the sugar away. Yeah. But the same amount that you would use on like a meal's worth of chicken mm-hmm. will be evenly distributed on six meals worth of chicken yeah yeah yeah. and so you you just get just that little bit of flavor in there so like and i'll use a lot of hot sauces i'll use a lot of uh like slappy mama and other cajun seasonings you you eat a lot of rice right yes i do eat a lot of rice you season your rice water season my rice water yeah put put seasoning in like when you go to cook your rice throw seasoning in the water with it while the rice cooks it's a great way to add flavor to your food and not no calories I'd never really have a problem eating my rice. Well, I, could, I could eat just plain white rice without any salt or butter, and I would be just fine. No, I can't do that. Yeah. What but I, I'll salt my rice whenever right. I'm whenever I actually eat it. Right. But I'm also usually because I uh, because I cook those chicken thighs with like ghost pepper sauce and slappy mama and a little bit of honey, mm. a lot and a lot of these other things. They, the um, has a lot of flavor, but there's a little too much heat to just eat the chicken. Right. So I'll dice it up after I weigh it and mix it in with the rice. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. What I do is what I've been doing for meal prep. Meal prepping is I've been keeping the exact same. Yeah. In the rice in the rice cooker, I have two cups of rice, and then on the stove, I have forty ounces of ground beef. Season everything up, mm-hmm. cook it all down, mix it, and then I wave the whole dish, and just divide it by five. And put it in five okay. trays, and that's it. Okay, I don't, I don't do that. What I do is for like my my similar meal to what you just described is I'll cook two pounds of ground beef mm-hmm. of lean ground beef along with some bell pepper and onion mix, some garlic, and a lot of seasoning. Right. Once that's cooked out, I'll separate it into five different containers. Mm-hmm. Then I'll weigh each container. Find the average and make sure each container weighs the same. Right. 
then I'll go through and I'll add, uh, well, now I've got to lower the amount of rice that I'm putting in there because it took some calories from me. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through and I'll add four ounces of rice to each one. Right. So, Makes sense. And then I season it some more. And so then I put some bone broth in there. So you do the same thing I do. You just don't mix it and wait all. No, because um, I don't I don't feel confident that all that rice is going to mix evenly. Mm. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. But the thing is, it's just... At the end of the five meals. At the end meals, of the five meals, yeah. you have eaten all those calories anyway. Yep. So I think it's, for me, it's, in my mind, it's, it's good close enough. enough. It's good enough. I mean, it is about as close as you can possibly get it without sitting there and counting out every freaking rice, grain of rice. Yeah. So it's close enough. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. How do you know? How, do you already know how much the pot weighs? The pot? Yeah. Well, or I, do you I, put it in a big container and then scoop it out from there? Yeah. Okay. So I, I'll have I'll have the the pot with the the rice and the beef stirred in, and then on the scale I have an empty bowl already zeroed out. Okay. And I do it by grams, so that way it's as precise as possible. So on my app, I have everything weighed out by grams. I need a rice cooker. The best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you know that 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 Asian guy on TikTok who's obsessed about the washing one, your the rice. The one that you sent me like four. TikToks a day from because he's hilarious. Yes, he just he just does the same thing every time. It's just cooking. It's just washing your rice or a weird scream. That's that's all he does. But it works. Makes okay. me happy. Yeah. But yeah, uh, something else that I noticed that improves the flavor of rice is I soak my rice now. So you never washed your rice before? I would wash it, but I wouldn't soak it. Okay. So like I'll like if I like usually today I would meal prep, but I'm not going to this week because we only only have to prep meals for like two or three days yeah what i would usually do is like okay i'm gonna cook tonight at about six o'clock so 5 15 i'm going to put my rice in the rice bowl cover it with water and let it sit for 30 45 minutes mm-hmm. and what that does is it makes it super super white like it really just cleans the hell out of the rice it gets rid of all that starch and it yeah. i find the taste is so much better yeah mm-hmm. do you also do you just use regular rice uh medium grain country cajun country rice medium grain cajun country rice use jasmine rice it's so much more expensive. Is it? Yeah. Like, get like I thought five pounds of medium grain rice for like eight bucks. Uh, that's how much this was. Really? Yeah, I bought a five pound bag for like seven seven seventy six. Oh, maybe just a store I went to then. Wally World. Oh. I mean, fuck that place. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I, go to, I go to the neighborhood market. I go to Albertsons or Costco. I refuse to go into a Walmart superstore. It's just such a miserable experience. It is. And, and I hate being, uh, I hate, pra- I hate feeling like I'm going through TSA when I'm leaving one. Yeah. You know, it's not like that at a Walmart neighborhood market, or at least the one by my place. You just. See, you, they ask you, you to see your leave. receipt. At Walmart, at Walmart super centers. Yeah. yeah. They never ask me. I yeah. just walk out the door. Or maybe I don't hear them. I maybe. Don't <laughs> you, you, you just, you look at them. I'm deaf. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wrong. <laughs> Hey, I can do it. Yeah. I have free clearance to do it. You do. Um, I usually go to Albertsons. Um, they're a little bit more on the pricey side. Yeah. But they have such a wide variety of stuff, I don't care. I and used to do that for uh, for Rouse's. I like Rouse's, but the problem is the closest one's all the way out on... Oh, I forgot the one on... Um, I was going to say the one on Antioch, but I keep forgetting about the one on Drusilla. Yeah. Um, But still, I just go to Costco for meat because... You get your best bang for your buck at Costco when it comes to meat purchases, because mm-hmm. I'll get like seven pounds of ground beef for like twenty three bucks. It's not bad. No, or uh, the pork shoulder I bought. I didn't realize this, but for like twenty three bucks in that bag, I had three, three grown ass pork shoulders in that one bag for like twenty three bucks. Wow, it was like fifteen pounds worth of pork. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do with all this? Eat it. I did. Um. I have some leftover. I got to go home and eat. But yeah. I need to go grocery shopping. We need to cook. All right. So we are currently at the 41 minute mark. We need to talk about these trailers. Yeah, let's do that. Which one do you want to hit first? Uh, well, let's start at the top of the list. Andor trailer. So I watched that one wherever I came in and said, you want to talk about it. I honestly have not all been all that excited about the Andor series mm-hmm. because you have some people that get really excited when it's a Star Wars movie that doesn't that doesn't have Jedi's in it, right? But in my mind, what the hell's the point? Um, I agree to that point. I do because if you're gonna have Star Wars, why would you not have Jedi and Sith 
storyline somewhere. It's the most interesting thing that happens in that universe. Right. But I do like the fact that it is something original. Yeah. In terms of we're kind of getting away from the Skywalker series storyline, at least to a point. I'm sure they're going to make a bajillion references to Darth Vader because, um, you know, it's right after the Clone Wars. and all I don't that. know if Darth Vader is widely known to exist in the Star Wars universe. What do you like? Like, a, like to the to the everyday person. Like you never see the Emperor, you never see, like if you're just an everyday person on a random planet, you're never gonna see Darth Vader, you're never gonna see an Inquisitor. I feel like at least you know the, like, the legend. Like, oh, there's a guy who's just evil and terrible, and you never want to see him because if you do, you're in for a bad day. Well, well think about this. Kind of like fir- a boogeyman. In the first Star Wars movie, some of the uh, some of the Im- Imperial officers didn't even believe the Force was a thing. That's true. That is true. So the way I see it is at the Jedi's height, there were like 10,000 Jedi mm-hmm. in the galaxy. But when you think about it, it's not a lot of people for a whole galaxy. No. Like, the population of Baton Rouge is like, what, 30,000? No, like 250,000. 250,000? Yeah. I don't know numbers. Anyway, so what is that, 5%? Barely. It's like 5% of the population of Baton Rouge for the entire galaxy. That yeah, when you put it into scale like that, that's practically nobody. Yeah, like so many people probably went their entire lives never seeing a Jedi. That's true. They probably thought it was just um, stories. Yeah, stories and propaganda. True. So now you kill all the Jedi, now and not. all you have are two Sith in the entire galaxy that you never, and you don't of. actually know that they're Sith because they're hiding their actual. Like the only the only person that goes out and does shit in public mm. with the force is Darth Vader, right? So that's and the Inquisitors, but rarely, only for very specific things. Yes, it's not as if he's going out there and just force pushing everything out the way. Yes, um, yeah, that's true. So, so I guess to the everyday person who lives in some shithole in the galaxy, the Empire is just this military force that's imposing their will. Yep. Um, so that's that's going to be the threat in Andor. So I'm going to guess that Andor take place pretty much practically immediately after the Clone Wars. Maybe. Um, so basically, this is supposed to be like the birth of the Rebellion. Like this is when people are like, fuck these guys. Now what we might see, did you see, uh, did you see Rebels? No, I, I haven't got to that. I haven't been able to get to that yet. We might see Ahsoka. That would be cool. That would be cool. I know there's been a lot of demand for Ahsoka. So we know the Ahsoka series is coming out, and Ahsoka played a major role in the beginning of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a good chance that we could see her in this, right? Which I'm kind of bummed that we didn't see her in Obi Wan. I think it'd be nice if Obi Wan knew that Ahsoka was still around out there. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you would have wrote that in, but it would have been cool. They're both in, like, it could have been done. I'm sure. Because Ahsoka was with the Rebellion at that point. Right. Like, would have been two lines of dialogue. Or hell, even if he had just seen, like, evidence of her living somewhere, that would have been nice. Um, But with the Ahsoka series coming out, it wouldn't surprise me if they at least hinted Mm -hmm. or... um, or if, like, we, I'm not going to, because if you ever watch Rebels, I don't want to ruin it for you, but she has a code name uh, in the Republic, or mm-hmm. in, not in the Republic, in, in the Resistance. Right. So maybe if we hear somebody reference her code name or something like that, just something that hints her presence would be nice. Um, it's also a chance that we could see Maul running around out here. In, in Nandor? Yeah, because he's still running around. Yeah, he, um... I like how they kind of resurrected his character. In Clone Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Because, one, he's a badass villain. Mm-hmm. God, he's such an awesome villain. Um, the good thing about Star Wars is there's so much time that's unaccounted for, and there's so many things that are technically kind of just not really closed. Yeah. You can create so much. But you saw Solo, right? The movie, yeah. So you saw the post credit scene where, you know, Darth Vader, or not Darth Vader, where Maul is... Uh, 
is head of the crime organization. That, yeah. 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 That takes place around the same time as Andor. Okay, so we could see that. So we could see it. But um, there's a lot of things going on contemporarily at the same time as Andor. I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's kind of I think it's an original storyline. Um, the the idea of watching the birth of the resistance to me is like a pretty cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was a fast clip where you saw the stormtroopers walking, but they still look like the clones. They yeah. didn't look like the stormtroopers, which I've already said this before. I love like the whole Clone Wars thing. I did, never got enough of that. So. It would be cool maybe to see a little bit more of that action. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It would be cool. Well, we have Tarkin to thank for the fall of the clones. Right, because he hated the clones or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he thought the clones were too expensive. It was too complicated. It made a lot more sense just to raise up a force of of just regular humans and training yeah, them. Conscripted people, basically. Yes. Well, man, I just love the clones. And probably one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars was in Episode Three, whenever... Obi-Wan was fighting Grievous and the clones came in. That scene where the clone jumped onto the spider droid and was blasting down into his head mm-hmm. to kill the droid and just popped off and just pew, 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 kept fighting. It's like, it's like that's, ple- that's like peak clone action. Like, I need yes. to see more of that shit. And that kind of stuff is why I hated the Bad Batch. Did you see any of the Bad Batch? Mm. So the Bad Batch, uh, what, do you remember them from the Clone Wars TV show? Yeah, they were like... The, they were the remainders of the clones that did not follow X, Order 66. No, the Bad Batch were, um, they were genetically modified clones that all had their own little special thing. Like one was really good at hardware, one was oh, really strong. Right. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, essentially yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And I thought that it took away from everything that made the clones cool. Right. Because the clones were these like essentially army rangers that were popped down in the middle of a war between space wizards. Right. And... Like, I never got enough of the clones, like, especially, like, episode, like, ep- the reason, one reason why I like episode three so much is because they expand a little bit more on the clones. You got to see some, a little bit of, like, individuality a little bit and, like, going across how they all look different in, on the different planets. And, mm-hmm. like, I just never got enough of the clones. I still haven't. <laughs> so, hopefully we'll get to see a little bit more of that. I really hope that uh, Tamara Morrison comes back and plays Rex at some point. That would be cool, yeah. It would be awesome. Yeah, I've learned a little bit more about Rex's character. Like, the, the thing that I thought that was interesting was how he supposedly, like, when they had that shift from their original armor to the new armor, he, like, pieced and parts the two, the features that he liked from both armors into one. So that's why he has, like, different welding marks on his mm-hmm. stuff because he, like, customizes shit. Yeah. Which, to me, again, just adds to the whole thing. Like, you know, Even though in reality it was just so they could sell more toys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also ever- wish we could see like some uh, the clone commandos. Yeah, that would be cool. Because mm-hmm. like I know you have your regular clone troopers, then you have your arc arc troopers, which is like kind of like their special forces type guys. But yeah. then you have like the clone commandos, where these are like your tier one operator type characters. So like, I want to see those guys because that yeah. would be really cool to see. So. So that was one trailer that recently hit, mm-hmm. uh, and I had you go ahead and watch She-Hulk mm-hmm. and Wakanda Forever. What'd you think of those? She-Hulk. Uh, I think I told you this before. I do not like what, what they're the doing current with the Hulk. Hulk looks like. Um, to me, I didn't read the comics, so maybe I'm wrong. But in my view, it's a complete bastardization of what the Hulk is, and I don't like it. I feel like they're kind of doing the same thing with the Hulk that they did with Thor. Right. Where they're making they're taking two of the strongest characters in the MCU and they are nerfing them. They're nerfing them, making them seem as weak and useless as possible to prop up these other characters. See like in the Avengers series how you had this back and forth between Bruce Banner and uh the Black Widow where like she was the only one who could kind of tame him, but he mm-hmm. in real world he was just unrestrained monster that once he goes loose, he, he, you're just out of shit out of luck. Yeah. I wanted to see more of that. Like the end of uh, the Avengers uh, Endgame where they had the big battle. Like we should have seen I wanted to Savage see the Hulk, Hulk bust like out just of, yeah. jumping through the sky, grabbing the giant spaceship, slamming it down, ripping people in half. It's like that's why we like the Hulk because he's just unrestrained fucking super freak monster. I feel like it's coming back. It needs to. 
rumor has it that this is all building up to a World War Hulk series. That would be awesome. It's also rumored. So, do you remember in Age of Ultron when Scarlet Witch came through and she showed everybody their worst nightmares? Yes. And they all came true at some point? Mm Mm-hmm. We never saw what made the Hulk go crazy. Oh, sure. They never showed us that. But whatever it was made the Hulk decide to leave the planet. I wanna I wanna see Hulk I wanna see Savage Hulk come back. Yeah. So I have a feeling that what the Hulk saw made him leave the planet and when he came back he fought like hell to not let the Hulk loose on Earth. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling what when he came back, he that's where Professor Hulk kinda came from is he was worried that if he turned into the Hulk again on Earth, the people he loved was going to get hurt. See, I know this movie doesn't always get a lot of love from the fans, but 2003 Hulk, where the more they attacked him, the stronger and angrier he got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the one Ang Lee made. I I really like that. Yeah. Like when they went after him with tanks and attack choppers, and he just got angrier and angrier and stronger and stronger. Another thing I loved about that movie... One, it had the best teaser trailer ever. Do you remember what the teaser trailer for that was? Yeah, he would go into a mirror, wipe off the fog, and you saw like the green eye or something. So there's more to it than that, if you remember. So it started with Eric Bana mm-hmm. sweating in front of a mirror that was all fogged up. Yeah, yeah. Then he wiped the mirror, and the reflection was the Hulk. Yeah. And then the next thing you saw was just a fist come through the wall right, right. and grab Eric Bana. That was awesome. And then it cut to the uh, the incredible or the Hulk. Mm-hmm. That was easily one of the best teaser trailers I have ever seen. It was only topped by, it was topped by a teaser poster. Mm. Do you remember when we were kids, the poster for episode one? What was that? That was the, uh, it was just like half of Darth Maul's face, wasn't it? No. Well, that might have been one of them, but the first one that they released oh, was a was young Anakin Skywalker. With the Vader silhouette as a shadow. Yes. Yes, that was awesome. Uh, like, even as a little kid, I remember that just hitting perfect. But, but yeah, I think we're building to a... Oh, the other thing I loved about the, uh, the 2003 Hulk movie is the way he moved through space. He jumped, and he literally jumped for miles, just yeah. like he did in the comic. Right. We, we didn't really see that in the... 2008 Hulk, and we didn't see it in the Avengers going forward. The closest thing you saw that was the end of the Avengers 1, when uh, Captain America told Hulk, you know, Hulk smash, and then he yeah. just, just goes berserk just and flies off, off the skyscrapers and just yeah. smash. Like, where is that? Like, that's the shit we wanted to see. Yeah, but in reality, the Hulk can jump like 10 miles. Right. I want to see more of that. That's I want to see how that. he travels. Um, as for the She-Hulk movie... Well, it's a uh, TV show. Yeah. Yeah. She Hulk, Tony at Law. Uh. So I'm excited about it for a couple of things. And one, it's going to be a comedy, which is how the She Hulk comic was. The mm-hmm. She Hulk comic was a comedy. She broke the fourth wall in a similar way that Daredevil did. And they've shown in the previews that she's I, going to do that. I saw some of that. Yeah. So I like that. And I also like the fact that we get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, what what does the legal system look like for all of these superheroes? Okay, that will be yeah, that, that does make sense. We also know that this is going to be when we see Charlie Cox come back as Daredevil too. Right, that would be cool. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, the one there was one little part in the trailer that kind of made me laugh, where this guy is laying on a couch and then she jumps on him all dressing all sexy, like, "Well, he's yeah. about to die." Yeah, um, that made me Just laugh pinch a little it bit. Right off, but uh, yeah, <laughs> die of a broke death by snoo snoo. <laughs> but yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about it though is just you know, the Hulk is trying to share his experience with her of mm-hmm. hey, this is how we make sure we go through life without hurting people. This is where our power comes from. And she's just making him look retarded. Yeah, pretty much. I I don't like that. Like But then the whole the whole Bruce Banner as the Hulk doing yoga yeah. just, just just it just cheapens the thing. Like it just mm-hmm. like makes it just dulls the character development for me. It's the exact opposite of what we saw at the end of the Incredible Hulk. Remember right. in the post credit scene where he is he's in the middle of the jungle. The jungle learning learning how to control his breathing and his emotions. Right. So he could turn into the Hulk at will. Right. And then at the end you have the guy with the guns come at him and he like just that's yeah. when he decides, Okay, I'm gonna kill you all. Yeah. Like that that battle between the dark and light. Why we love the Hulk. Yeah. Like, 
I want to see that. Mm-hmm. This gray area where they basically just. But in the comics now, the Hulk is shown to essentially be like an avatar for e- or for the one below all, which is essentially the actual like deep. So in Marvel Comics, you have your hierarchy of gods. Yeah. The one at the very top of all this, like ab- above the Celestials, above Eternity, above all these other gods, is the one above all. Mm-hmm. And the one above all, he's drawn as an amalgamation of Stanley and um, shit. Um, Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. the uh, the first person that wrote and drew for Marvel Comics. Right. Like they're that's how he's drawn. But it's meant to be a representation of the writers of Marvel, the illustrators of Marvel, and us as the fans. Okay, Because cool. at the end of the day, we are the gods of the Marvel Universe. Makes sense. The one below all is the darker half of that. The Hulk and other monsters of Gamma, like in the Marvel comics, Gamma energy is radiating from the one below all. Mm-hmm. And, the one, and the monsters that the Gamma energy has created in Marvel comics are avatars of the one below all. Okay. And that's also where Hulk gets his immortality from. Interesting. If you kill the Hulk, all he has to do is walk through a door and that... Give me one second. Okay. Give my baby mama. Hey. All right. We're we're giving... All right. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, we just had a guest appearance from Heather. All right. So you want to just go ahead and wrap it up, man? Uh, one more thing. Wakanda Forever looks like a great movie. I, I do want to see that. Like, dude, I honestly got chills watching the trailer for that. Like, it lo- really looks like it's going to be like the next generation. Because what do you do? The the actor, the name that played the original uh, Black Panther that passed away. If you ha- uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. So, unfortunately, because he passed away, that kind of means that the character is now gone with him. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, where's it going to go? You can't just write off Black Panther because it's such a cool character. Yeah. And become an integral part of, you know, the Avengers. What I'm really excited about are two things. And we can just kind of end it on this note. Mm-hmm. And we're getting Namor. Mm-hmm. Who, Namor was the first mutant canonically written in Marvel Comics. Right. And we know mutants are a thing now in the MCU. Right. So we're getting Namor, but what this storyline is stealing a lot of plot points from is something called the Doom Wars. Right. There's a good chance Doctor Doom is going to be working behind the scenes for all this, pitting Wakanda and Atlantis against each other. Hmm. So the Doom Wars, Doctor Doom was trying to get all of Wakanda's vibranium. Right. What better time to go after that than after the king is dead? Ooh. Your plot thickens. So I think there is a good chance that this is going to hit, like, essentially how we had Civil War, where it was Iron Man versus Captain America, mm-hmm. but you had, um, I'm brain farting on everybody's name right now. I have the inability to uh, to call names up, but you had the uh, the one Hydra agent guy that was kind of pulling the strings, pitting them against each other, uh-huh. who was the unseen enemy the whole time. Mm-hmm. There's a chance we're going to get that same thing with Doctor Doom. Cool, cool. All right. One last thing. Fan cast your Doctor Doom. Wait, what? Who do you want to play Doctor Doom? Oh, uh, damn, I don't know. I remember I remember the, the, the first Doctor Doom from the movie from, you know, 2000, whatever. I don't know. I really don't know. Hear me out. Henry Cavill. Really? Is Superman? Think about it. Doctor Doom is a character that can kind of go between the light and dark. Sometimes he's a good guy. Sometimes he's a bad guy. But he's also probably one of the most charismatic leaders in in Marvel Comics. Okay. The people of Latveria love Victor Von Doom mm-hmm. because he actually takes care of them. Right. Like, he, he is a good, like, he's, he's a dictator. But for the people of Latveria, he is a benevolent dictator. Hmm. And he will burn the entire universe around down to protect his people. That's kind of his shtick. Henry Cavill could play that, but that'll never. DC will never let that happen. What oh, do you mean? DC's oh, done with him. Oh, is he really? He's he, not. He's not Superman anymore. He's not going to come back. Oh wow. Okay. Warner. So, let's talk about this next time. Okay. Warner Brothers has sold 
Discovery Channel, as of about a month ago, owns Warner Brothers. Really? That's why we got all these recent shakeups in the DCEU. Huh. So we'll talk about that next time on the podcast because yeah. uh, you got to go. Yeah, I got to uh, go. <laughs> so, yeah, until next time, see ya. See ya. Just a quick recap of the sponsors. We have StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. Save 20% on your next order of caffeine. Next up, we have Impact Mouth Guards. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. Save 10% on your custom mouth guard. Next, we have Sticks and Stone. Go follow them on all social media. They have a really awesome YouTube channel. And finally, there is the Atlas Strength Shop. That is us. Follow us at Atlas Strength Shop at all platforms. We just recently started putting a lot of things on YouTube, including this show, if you want to see a video version of this show. Last but not least, don't forget to like and subscribe and share us with all of your friends. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. See you all next time.